Hello and welcome to First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange. This is our August 2nd service. My name is Chris Hine. I'm one of the session members here at First, Pres First Presbyterian, and I'll be filling in for Pastor Jonathan today as he is out on vacation. So please join me in a time of prayer, reflection, and hopefully a little bit of learning. For today's message, when Jonathan asked me about a month ago to fill in for him for a week so that he could take some well-deserved rest, I said yes, and then realized I didn't quite know what to talk about. And so I decided to go ahead and take a look at today's lectionary. And in the lectionary today, one of the very familiar gospel stories comes up, which just has to do with Jesus feeding the 5,000. And so let's read it together. This is from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. When Jesus had heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men, besides women and children. So as I looked at this scripture for today, I realized that this was the right thing for us to talk about right now. And so before I dive into that, let's let's spend a little bit of time just pulling it apart because it starts with a little bit of an odd, like we're coming off of a cliffhanger because in verse 13 at the beginning here, it says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by vote. Well, what did Jesus just heard about? That's obviously an important piece of the story and why Jesus had, had done what he had done. So just before this, Jesus finds out that John the Baptist, his cousin, his friend, and perhaps his spiritual mentor, had just been killed, beheaded, in fact. And so Jesus was, of course, very, very sad. He was heartsick, right? He was, John was a huge figure in his life. Not only was he family, but what John was killed for was the same message that Jesus was coming to say. John was coming to say, there's a Messiah coming. And Jesus was that Messiah. And so I have to think that when Jesus heard about John's death, it had to crystallize for him a little bit that this was his fate. He too would live a life where he preached and eventually go to his death for the things that he preached for. So Jesus, as would most of us, 
wanted a little bit of time to process this. He wanted to get somewhere quiet where he could pray, where he could think and decide what he was going to do next. But Jesus, being a first century celebrity, he can't go anywhere and have his, have his own quiet time. So an entire crowd, thousands of people, heard where Jesus was, and they gathered. And they all came. And Jesus sees all of these people coming. And his reaction was not to find a way to, to, to tuck them away or to, to find his time to, to get time to pray and get away from it all. But in fact, he did what Jesus does. He sat with them. He healed their sick. He preached to them. And when evening comes along, we get our other piece of the story, which is our disciples. Now, what I like about the disciples in the story is that they are true to themselves. Because throughout the Gospels, when you read through them, the disciples act a little bit of this almost constant source of doubt for Jesus. All the way through his life, his preaching, his death, and his resurrection and his ascension. And that's finally when it starts to click for our disciples. So here, even though Jesus has literally been doing miracles and healing the sick, they come to him with a very practical problem. They come to him and they say, Jesus, what are we going to do with all these people? It's late. We don't have any food. What are we going to do with them? And in the Gospel of John, which tells this same story, he actually it's actually even more practical than that. So I'm just going to read a couple of verses from John about the same story. John says, when he looked up and saw... I'm sorry. In John it says, Philip answered him, it would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each of them to have just a bite. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here. That's five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? So what I like about this is that Philip legitimately goes to, man, this would be really expensive, Jesus. Like, I mean, we could go buy food for these people, but it's going to cost us. And then perhaps the more important point, and the thing that I want to stick on a bit, is that there was a child who had this food. He had five loaves of bread, two fish, not much. Wouldn't feed a whole bunch of people. But this child heard that Jesus was looking for food and immediately just said, yeah, here, here's what I got. And I think that there, this points out something that is inherently different about children than adults. And that is that they have inherent in themselves this amount of generosity that we somehow lose as we get older. And I want to illustrate this point with a couple of stories that, that I heard about recently. And so I'm just going to bring up uh, a couple of slides to share this with you. So the first one here is Tony Hudgel. Tony Hudgel is a five-year-old who lives in England, and Tony has had a hard life. Tony has lived much of that life in a hospital, and in that hospital he was given prosthetic legs that he was still at five years old trying to learn how to use. Now, Tony was watching with his adopted parents the story of Captain Tom, who's a hundred-year-old man in England who decided to try to raise money on social media by walking around his garden at a hundred years old. Tony sees this, and he talks to his adopted parents and says, well, I'm learning how to walk with my legs, 
Do you think we could raise any money for the hospital that gave me these legs? His adopted parents said, sure, we can try that. And so they set a goal of raising $500 and walking 300 meters. And that walking 300 meters, it took Tony hours because of the fact that he was still learning to walk with brand new legs. He ended up walking over 10 kilometers and raising over a million and a half dollars for this hospital that meant so much for him. And so just think about that level of generosity that he both showcased and then inspired. And the second young boy, a similar age, is Austin Perrine. Austin, with his dad, was watching a nature video. And in that nature video, a lion is removed from the pack, as happens with young male lions, and has to go fend for itself. And Austin's confused, and he's asking his dad, like, well, what happens now? What happened to the lion? And his dad explains, well, it's homeless now. It has to, its family won't feed it anymore, so it's going to have to figure out how to get food by itself. And as a normal, curious four-year-old, he had follow-up questions. And so he asked, well, are there people that are homeless? Are there people that don't have food? And his dad sadly said, yes, there are. There are people that don't have food. And Austin immediately latches on to his favorite food, which is chicken sandwiches. And he says, we should give them chicken sandwiches. And his dad says, yeah, that'd be a nice thing to do. But Austin's like, no, no, no. We should go right now and give them chicken sandwiches. And he's like, well, we don't have money to buy everybody chicken sandwiches. And Austin's like, we'll take whatever money I normally get for my allowance when you buy me toys and stuff. And let's take that and let's go buy as many chicken sandwiches as we can. And I want to give them out to people. I want to be a superhero who gives this, these people that don't have homes food for their day. And so that's what he did. He put on his cape and he went out and he started to give out chicken sandwiches to, to every homeless person he could find. And we did it. And you can see this on his t-shirt here. He would tell every one of them, don't forget to show love as he walked away from them. Because that is what Austin was doing. And that's what he really believed about this, was this was his chance to show love. And so I love these two kids. And I will also tell you that if you're feeling sad because of the news of coronavirus or any other news of, of the day, Go search <laughs> on YouTube for both these two boys, but also these stories of children's generosity because it's everywhere and I guarantee you it will make you smile. So we have these kids and we have the child in our, our story of feeding the 5,000. And what I think is most important for us to remember in this day and age is that all the way back to the story of feeding the 5,000, this child brings his five loaves and his two fish to Jesus. Not because he thinks it solves the whole problem, right? I don't think this child would be like, oh, good, I have enough food for everyone. But I think the child looked at the problem and said, well, Jesus can solve it. I'll just give what I have and then let Jesus do the rest. And I think it's something that we as adults need to start to remember. And that is that we can be generous with what we have. And we don't need to fix everything. But when we give, and we give through Jesus and with the spirit of God's love inside of us, I believe that just like 
those fish and those loaves. God will take our gifts. He will bless them and he will multiply them. And when he does so, he will pass them out and he will distribute them far greater than we can possibly do ourselves. And we will never know the full impact of that generosity that we've expressed because it'll go bigger and bigger and bigger. So I'll ask you to pray with me. Dear God, we thank you. We thank you for the story of Jesus and his disciples. And this one brave kid, a child who had the thought that he could give his food to Jesus and that Jesus would do something more with it. God, help us to have a radical whether or not it will solve the problem, but that we believe that it is what Jesus wants from us and that Jesus will take our gifts and he will multiply them. In your name we pray. Amen.